second. Honey, honey, there's a hot topic. Oh, God damn it. Pull, pull the fucking car over. I gotta buy some fucking drip pants. And we're live. You gotta do the... I can't. We've we switched platforms. We, we have, we've switched from the using uh, the janky pirated download... Uh, Adobe Edition 2015 to the janky uh, downloaded audio hijack. And now we never have to worry about. Bum, 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 bum. (laughs) (laughs) Godzilla is the king of the monsters. Gojira is the king of the monsters. East of the Atlantic and the March and Mitch show with CSP is the king of the podcast. Hope you're feeling like royalty today. Dust off your crown, put your fucking cape on and get out those shoes made of leather. This is the March and Mitch show with CSP. Tonight, we are going to talk to you about a rock and roll band from San Diego. I know my ass wants to be in Malibu right now or probably in La Jolla Beach. The Frights with their song. Uh, Kids from the album uh, is going to be our hit. Actually, you know what? I think CSP. Ooh, I've got to rephrase that question. CSP is right. We're not doing. We're doing all I need by the frights. That I'm is our song of the week. It's glad a, that we're not doing kids. It's the banger that's got all that jam we need with that <laughs> bass fuzz, those blistering beats, and just that two thousands indie rock scene from New York that they really just encapsulate like a little time capsule that I left in my parents' backyard in two thousand three. I wonder what that new family found out. Did you really? Uh, I'm what sure. What kind of stuff did you put in there? I don't, I don't know too much about them. I just know they were like a really cool, like, I think they were like Polynesian maybe or, uh, or Islander and they're just like, <laughs> I yeah. didn't mean what kind of people did you put in your house after you moved out of it? What did you see. put in the time capsule? Oh no, no, no. Ugh, forgive me. I misunderstood the question, I but I put a I lot. I want to hear his version now. I <laughs> uh, probably just like some Pokemon cards. I want to say maybe like a Volcom sticker. And most definitely either one or two tech decks. <laughs> one or two tech decks. I'm joined tonight by my hosts. They are all about boosting it at 100 billion kilohertz, cutting it at 1,000 kilohertz. You'll probably see them on the cover of Cool Guys Only, No Girls Allowed magazine. Give it up for Mitchell Herring. Is that the, boom, 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 is that the Archer intro? <laughs> Cowboy Bebop. Oh, that's okay. That's which right. is just like if Archer was like in yeah, space. If Archer was anime. Dude. Hello, Archer. It's such a good show. And yes, my my name is Mitchell. My my name is Jeff. They've got all the charisma of a Japanese rock star. Thank you, Mitchell, for joining us. On the other end of the table, we got the one, the only. They are living two lives like their name is Danny Phantom. They say love's on a spectrum. They say gender is also on a spectrum. But God damn it, if you serve them something not vegetarian... You do not want to be the color of red on the spectrum of the ass whooping you'll get from Celine Santa's <laughs> pond. Wow. Accurate. One time I murdered a man because he put a portobello m- mushroom burger over the burger patty when I had just ordered a mushroom portobello burger. Literally, they served them the incorrect stock purchase to Celine. So Celine served their family a soup stock made from that server's bones. True. I didn't actually kill that guy, but true story. One time I did order a portobello burger and it had an actual burger under it and I didn't know until I took a bite and it was awful. Um, my condolences and uh, my respects to the, the server and, and their <laughs> estate and the family. <laughs> <laughs> it's a pleasure to have you joining us. CSP will be talking about some craziness and uh, protests happening in a local nature preserve not too far from here. And last but certainly not least, uh, it is yours truly. 
they say that hell is empty and all the demons are up here. And that's actually correct because they're all turning up with me in my brain 24 <laughs> seven. And hell is fucking empty. This is the March and Mitch show with Alexander Marchewski, CSP, and Mitchell Herring. Let's get right to our artist of the week. Bass. Artist of the week. We have a really cool artist. Uh, their 2013 self-titled record has catapulted them to indie rock success, not only in a format where you want to relive those sounds from the 2000s. You feel like you have the balls of groups like The Strokes, the coolness of the Von Bondies. Love the Bondies. The sunglasses and drugs wearingness of Interpol. <laughs> Love the drugs. And you wouldn't know they were from sunny San Diego. Have you guys ever been? San Diego? San Diego. It means San Diego. whale's vagina. Yeah, correct. Yes. This can be found. <laughs> this can be found in any textbook. As Mitchell was saying last week, before memes were a thing, guys would just quote Anchorman. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Sit around for hours every day. My favorite is the part where Brick says, I love Lamp. Yep. I'm the same way. Do I, you really love Lamp? Yes, I prefer I prefer <laughs> Lamp fixture over and over the head. Or you just see the fixture. Lamp and, and saying you love it. I love Lamp. <laughs> At face value, the answer, yes, yes. I do love these light fixtures. And <laughs> Yeah, what is, like, if you could only see what we're working with. We've upgraded from the garage due to temp- temperature and uh, uh, living coordinates, uh, residuals as some would say but yeah we've upgraded to a, a nice little living room in the sleepy kaiser slash salem because they're the same but not the same they have different zip codes but now we have the chandelier i like it and you will hit your head on it hey you know it's been at least eight days since i hit my head on that chandelier yeah we had to make celine wear um a helmet yeah construction hat <laughs> You yeah. heard it here first. We're with eight the beer, days with the beer holder. Free. <laughs> yeah. Construction hat with the beer holder on it. The straw coming down to yeah. my mouth. I want to swing from the chandelier. <sighs> I want to drink beer. I want to drink beer from the chandelier. Just like drunk me, me, <laughs> me, and Mitch, me, Mitchell and CSP. And we're all just drunk, just like naked on the chandelier. And then it falls. <laughs> and then, and then a small <laughs> chandelier for us all to be naked on at once. It can be done. We're going to have to cast some spells to levitate us out of that situation, but you won't need to hear any magic and there's no smoke or mirrors when it comes to the music that you hear with the frights. CSP, what was it like seeing their live show? Was it fucking as raw as vi- and as visceral as you hear on the album? Even more so, honestly. It was, because uh, I always respect a band that their live performance is a, a twist on their uh, recorded sessions. Mm. Ooh. Yeah, and so everything that we're about to listen to <laughs> was played, opinions. it was played different, it it was different, but it was like enough that you knowing the song, you could still sing along to the parts that, you know, but they still, you know, mixed up the melodies a little bit and changed some of the tempos and just like did different lyrics at hmm. certain points. That's because they forgot them. That's- no, I think it's because they're <laughs> genuinely like I had such a blast listening to this show um, and I've watched recordings of them before and it's just their thing to kind of mix things up yeah. on different live performances. But hey, yo, Jamie, what's that song with the, with the at the end? I don't know, dude. Just, just play the four, four beat. Limit. Just play the four, four beat. All right. And they just fucking go freaking slam. And that's what it's like. That's what separates the men. <laughs> from like. the, no, seriously. That's what separates the men from the boys. When you play music live, if you fuck up or make a mistake, you don't just be like, guys, guys, start the shit over. You just, you just, you drop it. You pick it up ASAP and you freaking run like hell with their 2018 epitaph debut. Their music is not only pushing their soaring, 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 blistering beats, 
fuzzy, fuzz drenched, big muff bass lines and just screeching, wailing guitars that even freaking Santana and Hendrix would be proud of from the observatory in Southern California to the East Coast to all over the world. Uh, the Frights music is not only very reminiscent of the 2000s indie rock scene I've romanticized my whole life, but just uh, a whole new onslaught of just loud, energetic garage music. I'm sure there's people that don't even have a fucking garage. They're stoked to, <laughs> to just blast this shit. Hey, man, I've been there. I've been, uh, I was doing this. I've been doing this for so long. I tell you what, I've been doing podcasts and you wouldn't believe where I podcasted. Podcast noir. Yeah, under a bridge in Brooklyn. Do, do, Nobody do. knows no. the podcasts I've done. All black and white with the cigarette, American spirits. <laughs> just chain smoking while drenched in a, in a torrential New York downpour, just begging for change while I hit the record buddy. <laughs> hoping, in all black yeah. with the podcast. Hoping somebody will sit Mitch down. Mitch Boy Click. Yeah. Anybody, talk to me, please. Film Noir was the original Goth Boy Click, that's for certain. And that's where you're going to get a little bit of the attitude here with the Fright song, All I Need, from their album, You Are Going to Hate This. This is All I Need by the Frights. Cue it up, Mitchell. Welcome back. That was the beautiful uh, artist of the week, Alex Marchuski. Uh, the Frights, All I Need, official audio, brought to you by Pirating Software, pi- brought to you by the YouTube to MP- MP3 conversion software, happily brought to you by the internet. Check out audible.com forward slash March and try out the free trial. Listen to some of your favorite audio books. I like to pull up Stephen King's Pet Cemetery Ooh, and relive my nightmares one. from my childhood. <laughs> Stephen King is the master of slow burning horror. But anyways, um, he loves to write to Metallica, apparently. Really? That's, yeah. That's, that is pretty shred. The Frights, however, they don't they don't skip any slow burning candles here. They're going to fucking turn the cylinders up all the way. And They've got a Roman have, candle, if anything. Yes. They got a fucking <laughs> bottle rocket as far as, you know, to any testimonies to the music. I really enjoyed checking out their album. Uh, it's got a beautiful name, which we like to call... Bottle Rocket to the Pants. I call this... Would you call this coral or salmon? Ooh, I'd say salmon for that. Coral or salmon. Mitchell. That is clearly salmon. I, Have you ever seen the inside of salmon? Yes. Yeah, Celine wouldn't know as a vegetarian, so I think we're the experts I've seen here. pictures. Dun, dun, And I've heard dun. the rumors. Fact or faked. Fish version. <laughs> There's the no... Legends. There'll be no... Fishing around for good, for bad tunes when you listen to the Frights' album. Uh, in all seriousness, though, the Frights' music does remind me of that 2000s indie scene. When I was a kid, I actually, yeah. I would listen to bands like The Strokes, 
the Von Bondi's Interpol, uh, Jupiter One. I remember having a Jupiter One track beyond the Madden soundtrack, and that shit used to just fucking take me places. They sound like a band that I would have gone and seen in middle school or early high school. Uh, Fuck yes! At, at the Ike Box down in downtown Salem. Fuck yeah, yeah, you told me memories of that place. Yeah. I remember because you would tell me, uh, like, eventually, like, the, the ticket prices, like, went up and shit because of inflation. I was just about to bring that back up. I'm getting old. I'm telling the same stories again. Oh, We're no. getting old. Granddad. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They went from two to three to five. And at $5, we basically, it was the Portland riots of, of <laughs> underage children. <laughs> we would just stand outside and not buy tickets. We'd just mm. listen to it. And the, in the par- it was very Portland-esque, just listening to music mm. in the parking lot because your five dollars and because it was a local venue <laughs> the music the sound actually sounded better outside it than is. it did in the right. <laughs> oh, I was, bet. Oh, bet. oh so good bet. oh good times i feel bad for the like box i wish i just paid the cover fee so you think <laughs> you think the frights would have probably knocked that out of the park as oh, far yeah. as marion county local artists they would have been the bee's knees gotcha gotcha thank you but so they much went and they went instead did much bigger things thank god <laughs> they didn't it. get stuck here most definitely. It's all good. I like how artists grow up and change and they eventually make it out of, you know, what could be a humble upbringing to just, you know, whether or not it's fame or fortune. A lot of musicians I meet, sure, you know, maybe they get they get hooked up a bit under the table, which I might have hinted at in, in previous talks. But uh-huh. um, music at the end of the day, it really is a, a, a passion thing. And like, do you, like, what kind of emotions did uh, like this track make you feel CSP? Oh, I just felt so like excited and free. I, this is one of the rare bands that I didn't find through who Sirius Satellite Radio. Who else was at Honest, that concert? It, honestly, I don't even remember who opened. It was they were fun. I really enjoyed them. It was just, uh, some small Portland punk band. Um, okay, but yeah, I, I only went, <laughs> heard of the Frights because my friend Audrey has always been one of my very best like concert going buddies. And when I didn't have any money at all, she would just text me and be like, "Hey, are you doing anything on this date? Excellent. We're seeing Panic at the Disco." or we're seeing whatever. And so that <gasps> literally she texted me and said, hey, there's a band called The Frights and we're seeing them on July 31st. And I said, great. You and had a sugar mama. Yeah, Audrey and I have already decided that she's my concert sugar mama. Sugar mamas. But, so I Hot. literally didn't listen to them until like the day before the concert. Just jammed to them as soon as I started listening because I was like, this is the fucking shit. And went to the concert with Audrey. I had a blast, danced Hawthorne? so much. Do you remember if it was a Hawthorne? Was it, was it, uh, I think it was the Hawthorne, actually. Mm, fuck yeah. yeah. All the best shows are at the Hawthorne. Um, yeah, I'm pretty positive it was at Is the Hawthorne. Hawthorne, the one with the... Um the upper ring seating and then like the downstairs is like mostly like the floor. You're thinking of Roseland. Yeah. Roseland. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. yeah. Dude, what? I saw Gojira at Roseland. Oh, nice. Roseland's good too. I like yeah. Roseland. I still get chills thinking about it. That must've been fire, dude. That, it was, I was, I could not believe it, it was such a tiny space. Yeah. That's them. such a small venue for such a loud sound. For such a loud band. Yeah. Not to derail you from the topic. I'm just saying, I can't wait to take you all. We should all yeah. go. 2021 is when they're playing again. We'll, we'll have to go. We'll have to get you tickets if we can do that. I'm a realist, I'm an optimist, and I can tell you that the Fry's music is going to be first place in my heart this week on our Artist of the Week. <laughs> Sorry, I have major ADHD. I just, Bro, really quick before I we just, move on. I'm I, just happy to see Mitchell I'm, having a good I'm not time. derailing the conversation intentionally, it's just my brain just goes from music to woo. Mitchell's ADHD helped me skip part of my story, which is not that important, but it is one concert where I almost got kicked out because I brought my jewel and my friend Audrey just moved back from L.A. And so I'm I'm smoking my jewel like a normal person who's in a crowded venue by like. You can't say that. Those two words don't go to go the normal person and jewel. Fair enough. (laughs) But 
Hipster and So chill, I'm like maybe. bending down so that I, my head is like kind of like hidden in the crowd. Yeah, yeah. And I'm like holding this, the vapor in for a minute so that it's not quite as obvious uh-huh. and then like blowing it downward. Audrey borrows the jewel and she just like holds it up like a flute of champagne <laughs> that she's about to drain, takes a huge Bad. puff and just straight into the air. And I was like, Audrey, this is the worst idea. She's like, no, it's fine. No one's going to care. And literally not <laughs> le- not more than two minutes later, somebody comes up and taps Audrey on his shoulder and it's this big bouncer. And he's like, you're, you're going to need to come with me. Oh. And I was like, wait, because well, he wasn't talking to me at all. I was yeah. like, wait, can I come too? And he's like, I guess, because I was a little bit drunk. And I was like, what if she's being abducted? And oh. she was not being abducted. She was just about to be kicked out of the show for jeweling in public. And Audrey literally tried to say that it's okay because in LA, everybody jewels in public and it's fine. Everybody jewels at a show. The bouncer just said, Really? Are you sure that's true? Yeah. Well, first of all, this it, that's good for them. Good for them. Everybody gets one warning. Yeah, seriously. But yeah, I, I ended up diffusing the situation by being like, look, like we literally just want to see a show. Do you want my jewel? You yeah. can have my jewel. And there he was like, go. it's fine. Just don't use it in the show anymore. That's the best thing to do in those situations. Just play dumb. Just play dumb. Yeah, and just, just admit defeat. Bouncers don't really give a shit. But Exactly. They just don't want you to cause a scene. They don't want more trouble than it's worth. Knock it off, dude. Wow, what a valley girl thing to do. Trust somebody who had just recently left L.A. <laughs> <laughs> Los Angeles is built on fucking rock and roll, and you I can tell. You have the most basic friends. <laughs> Never say that about Audrey again. Oh. She's amazing and wonderful. I, I didn't say that. And only drinks pumpkin spice lattes <laughs> sometimes, okay? <laughs> so- I've met a lot of people from Los Angeles, so I kind of get that vibe that we're, like- we're trying to kind of maybe picture. But hey, if they like email music and yeah. concerts and like they would actually just like fucking like, yo, tickets are happening. Like, fuck yeah, that, just, that sounds like a person I want to be friend with. Just for the record, the ba- basic girls are probably the most cute. So like, you know. If Jimmy Neutron had a dog, I can have a friend. Fuck yeah, let's do it. <laughs> Friends. Audrey's happen. also like super smart and she's had uh, articles published in the Oregonian stuff for this was never a question yelling in, at people for being bad at their jobs. This was never a question of intelligence. Basic is a question of personal morale. <laughs> <laughs> it's nothing to do with how smart well, you are. To be clear, she's also the person that gets me tickets to punk shows. Welcome to the basic. No one's heard of, so. I was gonna say yeah. It's a it's a toss up. Well, one of my actions. She's very aware of the fact that she's got some basic bitch tendencies. A, yeah. She's also hardcore. So I mean not inaccurate. I, I dated someone who was extremely basic for for a long time, so I, I get it. There's a lot of there's a lot of ups and downs with it. I'm just saying. I'm just calling it like I see it. You told the story. I'm commenting. This is also my show too. Leave me alone. Joining us next. Wait, you're part of this podcast. I am this podcast. <laughs> Sorry. Anyways. He's charging up his scales right now. Like, like Mitchell's about to fire the, the nuclear breath at, at our faces now. He's charging up. He's charging his laser. Oh, shit. Oh, my goodness. And Solar beam. Gotcha. Join us next week as we'll have the uh, basic bro off versus basic bitch off where we'll incorporate both both groups of basic people and, and target their flaws using a power ranking meter. A basic bro is called a fuck boy. That, that is true. If I remember correctly, I talked to my buddy Chris. I'm like, okay, what constitutes a fuckboy? Is like, if you're just, you're a piece of shit to women. And I'm like, well. Okay. Yeah, see, I would say a fuckboy is a subset of a basic, basic bro. I would say, I would say being a fuckboy is like, you know, being, you know, like gay. It's on, it, there's a spectrum. Well, sure. But I would say that fuckboy, at least in my context that I've heard it used in, is specific to boys that fuck too much. And oh, okay. 
are in one way or another not that good at it. Oh, oh. Like either they're bad in bed or they're just bad people. <laughs> okay. I That's mean, the spectrum. Yeah, okay, all right. Well, I'm not going to I'm not going to defend that because you're probably right. You might have more experience than I do in that. So I went to college. I've studied the matter. I went to college. That's true. For a little bit, but I worked the entire time. <laughs> Zero free time. When I wasn't selling drugs, I wasn't studying for class and I wasn't working. I was studying for class or I was working or I was going selling drugs. I had zero free time. Good times. Anyways. Mitchell worked his ass off. Damn. 14 hour days on campus on Monday. Can we spell hustle with a dollar Yeesh. sign? Jesus. <laughs> yeah, dude. I'd get there. 14 hour fucking days. Jesus Christ. On campus. Like I would get there at 650 and then I would leave at like nine. What? Oh. It was amazing. Blech. College is not my favorite thing. Ship balls. Oh my goodness gracious. Oh my gusta. Anyways, that was the artist of the week. Celine, transition us into your segment, please. Let's talk about current events, media, social commentary, and all your favorite books, and sometimes space mushrooms. But this week, Celine SP is going to talk to us about. Ooh, pause. Zoo animals? Yes, but also I wanted to bring up the fact that you know what we, you know what we call the downtown skate park, right? What do, you, what do you guys call it? SP. Skate Park. Salem Park. Oh, my God. So, so, so you, you've been calling Celine a CSP, and I think Celine Skate Park <laughs> every time. Well, because you guys, the boss. Because all the boys slide on through. Oh! <laughs> I want a divorce. <laughs> preemptive. Better, preemptive. And you better call Part me. Part of the prenup I, is that we're immediately getting you, divorced. You better call me Driftwood because I'm moving on to the next topic. <laughs> <laughs> but seriously, I would just call, I would say CSP. This is, this is our last, our last chime in before we start the next topic, but I would just say CSP because the, there's CMG as the manager. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah, good memory. Wow. Yes. Shout out. Plus like, I feel like Santa's Pond, Santa's Pond, Santa's Pond over and over again probably gets annoying. Oh my God. Do you want to hear a quick joke real quick? My last name will break your autocorrect. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> uh, so CMG, so CMG, uh, uh, a temporary manager uh, for us at work yes. uh, and, and he comes over and so we've had a couple different managers and so I'm joking around. He comes over and, and he look and he's got it. He's, you know, kind of leaning over my desk and he's real close and I go, are you my new dad? And without skipping a fucking, and we have never had an interaction, not one. Are you my new dad? I, I literally look at him as a joke and I'm like, are you my new dad? And without skipping a beat he looks me dead face and goes no but i'll love your mother the same <laughs> oh <laughs> damn and immediate respect boy just do, 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 do. he's a fucking chiller man a chiller killer he's a great manager cng is like one of the best in the building for sure but that brings us to our next topic celine if you had a topic name you want to name it back to the future question mark you know I'm thinking because we're going to the past, back to the past, back to the past, back to the past, to the past. Back. All right. Samurai so Jack, back to you the guys, <laughs> I'm sure we've heard of keeping up with Kardashians. Yes. Yeah. 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 yeah, That's the name of the, this week's episode is keeping up with the Bundies. The so Bundies. this week we're going to be keeping up with the Bundies and some of our listeners may or may not have heard of this family on the news at some point through either through one of two major standoffs that made the news in 2014, 20 respect, 2016, respectively. Mitch Blades has a question. Question right. on the beat. Hi. So is this Bundy's as in the Ted Bundy, the mass murderer, serial killer? You know, I kind of want to say, unfortunately, not. Because that would just make it even more interesting. I wasn't sure. It's a totally was, different Bundy okay, plan. Okay, so different. Yeah. <laughs> so not the Ted Bundy that we all know. For Valid that, question. That wild ass dancey shit online. Like, it's 
straight fucking weirdo. Yeah. Uh, thankfully, less murder in this Bundy clan. <laughs> Yay. Yay. Less murder. But still, a still, still arguably high level of crazy. <laughs> People did die. People were harmed in the making of the segment. So, Alex, I, I have to, yes. before I dive into this, because sure. what I'm going to be talking about is the, the Maller wildlife stand-up in the, the, the Bundy family. Yes. And I'm curious if What's you've up? ever heard of Cliven Bundy or Ammon Bundy. Um, names do not ring a bell. Uh, much <laughs> like Mitchell had mentioned, the Bundy name immediately just fires off in the synapse of With like, Ted. Mur- uh, yeah. mur- murdering. There's more than one Bundy. So I, I ask you specifically, yes. Alex, since you hail uh-huh. from the deserts of Las Vegas, yes. um, which is actually where the Bundy clan hails from. Interesting. Um, so... <laughs> There's two standoffs that we're we're talking about. This is all just a very bizarre timeline with very odd things that started it. What's the year? We're starting in 1989. So we're diving back a little bit. Okay. Uh, So this starts in the deserts of Las Vegas when the Bureau of Land Management, uh, BLM, different BLM than we usually talk about, Mm -hmm. uh, when they announced that the desert tortoise was going to be listed as endangered and they were reserving land for the desert tortoise to do its desert tortoise things. Right. And the land that they designated happened to, it, it was already owned by the federal government, mm-hmm. but Clive and Bundy, a rancher whose family has been homesteading there since like 1877. Mm-hmm. I sincerely believe this because the conservation of the desert tortoise is like the equivalent of like how much they care about the geese in Letterkenny. Really? <laughs> Literally. That, so that's a whole thing yeah. for, for mm-hmm. Las Vegans. Or, yes. the, or the spotted white owl here in Oregon. I haven't heard that. Yeah. Interesting. It sounds like a cool critter. Well, it will. It'll fuck Well, I whole. think that your your take as a native Oregonian is going to be very relevant as the episode goes. Bring us the scoop. So this all started in 1989 when uh, the BLM, not the one we usually talk about, uh, said that the desert tortoise is endangered. And Clive and Bundy had been grazing his cattle on land that was federal land that okay. was now like extra, extra federal because it had tortoises. In Arizona. Nevada, Nevada. Out, outside of Las Vegas. Okay, no, Nevada, got it. Mm-hmm. So the desert. Yeah, in the desert, yeah. Somewhere in like, the, the Mojave, is that what, what it's called? I don't, I don't fucking know. Mojave Stills, yeah, 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 um, Mojave, yeah. But so he absolutely refused to stop grazing his cattle on this land, saying that his family had been homesteading here since 1877, uh, and the federal government has no jurisdiction. That's, he, that's he, the crux of all of this. So he, the federal government has no jurisdiction, according to them. So he refused to vacate the stake of land? Exactly. Okay. All right. Well, how bad is having cattle, you know, graze in the turtles, you know? I mean, I feel like that's that's natural ecosystem. Well, it's the thing is, it's not, though. Those tortoises have been here since way before cattle were brought. Okay. So I don't know the details, and I don't even know for the, a fact the, that the it's bad. Eat but the, the 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 tortoises natural stuff and starve the tortoise. Probably. That's my guess is that they eat the tortoises natural stuff, drink up water that the tortoise needs, and cows be happy. I'm willing to believe that their poop isn't that great for tortoises. I wouldn't know. I'm not a tortoise keeper. You mean the methane poops? Oh. Methane poops. <laughs> That's my new band name. Methane poops. Uh, it should be after so, we went camping. So for several, several s- fuck off. <laughs> Farty McFly, back to the past. <laughs> yep. 
All right, well, I quit. Okay. <laughs> you can just go ahead and let me drown now. When you when you guzzle that many IPAs, you will fart like it's like there whoa, is whoa, no. Whoa, 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 whoa. You, I'm sorry. No, excuse me, sir. This has nothing to do with IPAs. This has to do with those veggie dogs. I'm believing the veggie dogs plus the uh, bread. You saw me your side of this story, but I'm trying to think like, holy shit, dude. Have you ever had the beer shits the next day after just fucking Oh, yeah, chugging? the dad's. The, the day after drinking shits. Oh. I've had several bad cases of the dads. No, I'm 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 a chronic alcoholic, so no, my body's used to <laughs> yeah. it. And much like it's a well lubricated machine. Oh yeah, it, it it runs on on spite, hatred, and alcohol. Dig it. But much like the bunnies would have to vacate that stake of land, Mitchell Herring would vacate that tent on factor <laughs> fake. Factor fake. However, unlike Mitchell on that evening, this the Bundys funny. decided to stake their claim and refused to move. So Good for them. Good for them. Literally, okay. so this all started in 1989. And so oh, basically it took until 2014 Wait, for the federal go- Yeah, I'm not even kidding you. It took over two decades for the federal government to actually intervene. What the they fuck? basically just kept sending letters yeah. to Clive and Bundy, this the weird patriarch, being like, hey, we would really, really love it if you followed the law, and just so you know, here's another fine for another year of not following the law. Uh, <laughs> so pay those fines and stop breaking the law when you get a chance. Okay, thanks. And Over. the reason for this is because <laughs> between that time, there was growing anti-federal sentiment. So In, uh, in, in Nevada. Ni- Got in it. Nevada and Nevada and uh, in the West okay. area in general. Yeah. Uh, so in 1995, the Washington Post reported that at least three. Did you hear the federal emergency signal? I, I did, too. Oh, shit. That was weird. Did anyone? My, my shit's off. Oh, we're good. I didn't hear that. Yeah, I heard it. He heard it anyways. Continue, please. Weird. Yeah, we can just backtrack on that. Nope. All right. But so. <laughs> Oh, I lost my place. Nevada. So the bunnies couldn't after in nineteen ninety four, or you said it was two thousand four. They couldn't two thousand four. So uh, yeah, so uh, actually two thousand fourteen. Fourteen. Yeah. yeah. Okay. But so the reason for this being that in uh, in nineteen ninety five alone, the Washington Post Post reported at least three bombings of Federal Bureau of Land Management facilities in Nevada alone. uh, Facilities. So we're talking about at the same time period as Waco and Ruby Ridge. Where there were violent, you know, I'll have, I, honestly, I don't know the details of that either. I really should research that before Punk. this episode. But those were, uh, you know, anti-federal government standoffs where okay. people died. And so the government was super concerned about having a replay of that. So they didn't want their own people to be shot and they didn't want civilians to die. Well, of course. So in 2014, they finally show up to collect, uh, at this point, over a million dollars in fines. And the Bundys rally together all of their local anti-government friends and and neighbors. And at one point, over a thousand people were at the Bundy Ranch. Jethro, get the banjo. We're going to war with the Federals. Oh, Oh, shit. Literally, people rode their ATVs with their (laughs) shotguns across their backs. And so the fun thing about this is so after over 20 years of passive aggressive emails. and Yeah. The feds finally show up and they're like, we're actually going to do something this time. And then they didn't. Yeah. So no arrests were made to this day. Well, actually, you know what? After where we're going to go with this, there were a couple things that were being investigated at least. But at that point, you know, through 2017, nobody was charged with a single thing. 
in spite of the fact that people, these protesters, these thousand protesters, many of them followed uh, Clive and Bundy's instruction to train their weapons at federal agents' heads as they approached. This is a genuinely dangerous situation. It's a pretty good tactic to get the fuck off my land. Why is there not like a, like a like a Hallmark Channel movie about this shit going down? Oh, because like, that there, would that would encourage the wrong right, we, passive. We're shit. not ready. Yeah. We don't want. We don't that, want to want glorify that, but, this. But, yeah. but, but I'm just okay. But please continue. Yeah. But yeah, so basically, people that's gun ready, trained in trained with their guns. Yeah, and so is. the government said, you know what, this is. Not worth the trouble. Exactly. This is not worth the trouble. This There's way too much potential. Da- yeah, this all happened in Holy Nevada. Shit. Someone, someone at the fucking Fed building's like, listen, guys, we don't get paid enough for this. Like, exactly. Yeah. Like, let this fucking weird ass Cliven guy graze his cattle. I, I guess we're not that worried about the tortoises. This is it's not worth fine. the 65K a year we right. pay. <laughs> no, fuck this. I'm out. So, yeah. So at that point, it was, you know, there was a very big news spectacle of this and then nothing happened. And it was, you know, end of story. Everybody was ready to move on from the Bundys. Nobody cared. Sweep it under the rug. Until. Oh, no. And again, this starts with a very bizarre thing. Like this whole thing started with a tortoise. Yeah. Now we're going to move on to arson. So (laughs) in 2016. Fast forward five years. Right. So in 2016. Oh, shit. Stephen and Dwight Hammond of Mallard County, Oregon. Oh, what? Mm-hmm. Oregon. Mm-hmm. Oh, Mallard. The yeah. Ducks. Yeah. I've been there. Uh, Mallard is spelled differently, but Mallard is. Oh, no. <laughs> well, sad now. The name of the county. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's okay. Mallard. Uh, Oregon, so whatever. they. So Stephen and Dwight Hammond are two uh, rural uh, family members, uh, father and son. Uh-huh. And they own country in rural land out in Oregon. Oh, must be nice. Unless you're these guys. <laughs> okay. So actually, quick question. I, I'm just curious to, to hear what you guys think, because a lot of this hinges on the fact that the federal go- government owns a surprising ma- up, amount Sam? of land. Okay. Okay. How much would you guys guess, like what percentage of Oregonian land would you guess is owned by the feds? Oh, God. I'm, I would I would love to guess uh, like less than 10%. I would love to guess that that be the number. Interesting. I want that to be so the if this is if this is like a two to one bet, where it's either it's either the Just feds. Your best guess, yeah. like what if you, you had to say, what do you, you know, having owns? taken road trips in Oregon, it's either the feds or private property. Literally, right, 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 exactly. Okay, private oh, property owned by people fuck. or 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 corporations or feds. Shit. Um, Just pick a number. I pick ten. You you put eleven, you win. If you do, dude. Uh, so your bet is ten percent. Is ten percent? Yeah. Okay. I'm gonna maybe. Okay. So I've been to a, a, a little bit of Oregon for the northwest corner we live in, where all the cool shit is. This is the best part of Oregon, obviously. Mm. Um, and I've had quarter. The price life. is right. You know, all you gotta do is outbid me by. You know, you just gotta be closer by one percent. You know, and like I'm a city boy and I've been to PDX bajillion times and like it's dense and it's super populated. But then you go anywhere else in fucking Oregon and it's like it's either like you get cute little suburbs like this or you get just like, yeah, here's a lot of grass and trees. Well, it's national parks, right? So like national parks and then like other small owned Or Bureau of Land Management where it's it's like conserved land that no one can go to. So I don't know the percentage of that. but I'm going to up your ante a bit. I'm going to say 17%. Okay. So interesting. Uh Uh-huh. Because the federal government owns more than half of Oregon. Of course it does. Ah, oh, fuck, Barry. I was so say, you can I kind knew of, it. You can kind of start to understand the resentment, right? Like, you can understand the resentment of rural Americans when okay. land that they've historically owned has right. been laid claim to by the federal government. Well, that was the Manifest Destiny. And what was the, what, there was a name for it where, you know. Well, and originally Manifest was Destiny was individuals coming out and staking <laughs> claims. Yeah. And the, the anger of rural Western Americans is that 
they have been here for generations and only mm-hmm. recently has the federal government said, actually, here's a line that you can't cross, mm-hmm. literally. Right. And this is what was going on with Stephen and Dwight Hammond. So they owned rural property. Get out and of here. And they wanted to hunt deer. And so they decided to hunt deer and they decided to encroach on Bureau of Land Management land. Okay. Which is illegal. You can't, that's that's poaching. Right, right, and right. And so to hide the evidence of their poaching activities, they set fire and burned a, a good little section of the land there. That Ooh. seems drastic. Indeed. And it's burn, was it burn season? No. no. It was definitely, I mean, honestly, I don't know if it was burn season, but it was definitely legal. You can't burn land that's not Irrelevant, yours. irrelevant. Right. Please forgive me. Continue. But burning <laughs> is good for the environment. Overall, it depends on the circumstances, but yeah, it's not the worst thing that can happen as long as good like point. a massive it's destructive really good fire the, doesn't it's, start. It's really good for the soil. Just saying, for future generations, it may you know kill. Yeah, all of it, but you know, long term. But most most Bureau of Land Management land is is designated specifically to protect right, right. a certain type of uh, animal that's in the area. Like the spotted owl. Okay. Right. Yeah, exactly. That's why I'm saying that your knowledge of local Oregonian things is going to come in handy here. You, you want to know what the advice I got about the spotted owl was? What's up? If you see it on your property, shoot it. Yeah. What? Are they mean? No, no, because if if the government finds out that you have a spotted owl in your property, it it shuts. Oh, every, it's going to be federal land. Yeah, it shuts everything down. So if you see it, you better fucking shoot it and hide the body. Because they oh. will, they will. Yeah, and so like, given you know, hearing anecdotes like that, you can understand the frustration of, of rural Americans. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. Actually, Alex, do you want to guess how much land the feds own in Nevada? I thought we just did this. That uh, was Oregon. Oh, oh no. Okay. So, okay. Fifty percent. Fifty percent. So I want to. Okay. Just okay, spit me a number. Percent? How how so? Over fifty percent of the land in Oregon is owned by the feds. Okay, I want to say eighty five percent. Whoa! Did you look at my notes? No, I know that Carson City and Sparks, Nevada, and Reno are densely populated in the northwest corner, and that Clark County is very densely populated where Las Vegas and Henderson is, and the rest is a barren wasteland full of lost dreams and nightmares. Look at this guy. That's exactly right. It's eighty five percent of the land is owned by. Everything the feds. is hot, dry, and <laughs> dreams go there to die. That's our band, right? You know, you so remember many that? Things. You remember that? Yes. Yeah. You yes. Remember the thing. Do you do remember the thing. Zuli. Zuli, remember the thing. Zuli, do the thing. Wow. So. That's impressive. Yeah, yeah. I that can, was impressive. Oh, I was so, very impressed by this. You're so smart. I was so handsome. I live there for, I'm flattered now. Thank you. But so the uh, the Hammonds, <laughs> they they were arrested <laughs> okay. for uh, for poaching as well as setting fire on uh, B- BLM lands. And they, so here's where people got upset is they were sent to prison like they they served a term. Okay. Then they got out of prison and a judge said, "Actually, I changed my mind. You haven't served enough time yet." And <laughs> sent them back to prison. Okay, that'd make me mad. Which yeah, understandable. <laughs> like I'd be pissed also. And so Ammon Bundy down <laughs> in Phoenix, getting, Arizona. Guess who's getting out of prison? Psych. Right? <laughs> <laughs> so and so Ammon Bundy who lives down in Phoenix, Arizona. And I just like, this is just a fun little side note to all of this. Amon Bundy tries so hard to cultivate this, like I'm a cowboy right, type right. persona on a steel horse. He actually lives in a suburb in Phoenix and owns a, a valet fleet service. Of course he does. But he's also totally a cowboy. But so he hears about this and he's like, this is totally unfair. The Hammonds are being fucked over by the federal government. We've got to go help. Mm-hmm. So he shows up to protest Protest doesn't have any effect. Like the the Hammonds are still in jail because that's how the law works. Right. 
And this is terrible. And I just want to be clear that the Hammonds, as soon as they heard of this, they were like, we don't associate with the Bundys. We don't want their help. That's completely separate. Right. Separate. Please, issues. Like, please don't judge us along with them. But we will burn your shit. But, <laughs> but so after the protests don't work on January 2nd of 2016, um, Ammon Bundy, his brother Ryan Bundy, and a significant number of militiamen decide to take over the Malheur Wildlife Refuge, which is a bird watching area. Okay. And actually it's hilarious. Birders were some of the first people who were really upset about this because they were disturbing the bird life. And so these birders with their like high power binocs were out there like recording all of the illegal things that they saw wait, these wait, people doing. Wait, they're called bird, yeah, bird, the, the bird, bird watchers in the in the lingo are the bird, birders. The bird birders. fans. They're called birders. Okay, oh. hold on. I'm going to oh. keep going, keep going. I'm dying here. <laughs> so they show up at the Maller Wildlife <laughs> Refuge and decide, and this is a federal institution. This is on the Bureau of Land Management. Yeah. And so they, they show up. They decide to basically take the entire thing hostage. People are, like, they're super duper armed, it's so nobody's like going to come in. It's like a Hollywood action movie. I know. <laughs> and, you know, spoiler alert, it ends in a shootout on the highway. <laughs> Dun, dun, dun. So no way. I'm not even shitting you. So they take over the Mallard Wildlife Refuge. And at first, it's just the Bundys who are like, we don't believe in the federal government. Right. And their entire thing is that the sheriff is law. Like they say that only the county level stuff matters and anything above county level is bullshit. Right. I'm actually not mad at that philosophy. I actually was going to ask what you thought of that philosophy. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Really? No, actually, one of the questions I wrote down was. Mitch, what's your take on the idea that only local law enforcement matters? God damn it, you know me so well. Fuck. I just commented on it. Yeah, no, I think that's a great idea because uh, I'm, 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 big, I'm a big supporter in the native, you know, uh, community, small culture, uh, lifestyle. I'm pretty mm -hmm. sure they had it nailed. Like, before we got here and they were doing, you know, like, native, like... Fuck, dude. All Wait, are you talking about like white? No, fuck community. No, okay. Native Americans. Got you, got you, got you. What they were doing. I thought that you were saying that like when the first white uh, settlers showed uh, up in Oregon that they had the fuck. right idea. And I was like, yeah, other than the sundown towns no. and the racism. No. Fuck white people. Oh, Alex has got a picture. The spotted owl is the Oh, its eyes are so pretty. He's so cute. They're and very so cute. Scary. They're very pretty. It's a ghost type. That is the cutest murder <laughs> pillow I've ever seen in my life. It's a ghost type. Yeah, it's cute until it hits you with shadow claw and <laughs> your whole. Yeah, owl, I've, I've heard owls described as <sighs> evil pillows of fury. Yeah, that's so funny. I like birds of prey. They're freaky. Sure. <laughs> that was a good, good point, man. Yeah, look, Google search fucking spotted owls. Get them off your property immediately. Uh, they're not worth it. But anyways, yeah, dude, I think um, Native Americans had things dialed in. I think things were perfect before we got here. And uh, small cultures and communities and tribes, and they were like, from what I've read, like pretty much perfect harmony. We had a drunk history about this one. I remember. Did we? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Keep going, keep going. Oh, no. I just, that, that's my philosophy. And I think if we could just go back to that and we could downsize, if we could just downsize. And I, I agree with that. But I think that the, I think that this specific philosophy of right, you should only sheriff, listen to sheriff. the sheriff is, is different than what you're saying. Okay. That's fair. There you go. But so they, they ended up taking over the wildlife refuge, this, this federal land. Okay. Oh, and the reason, no, let me be clear that the reason that I picked this topic and why it's been interesting to me is because they took over federal land. And if you'll remember the situation in Portland with the feds being deployed as military yeah, police right, right. was the justification was specifically that protesters were causing damage to federal land, federal, federal property, federal buildings. So right. interestingly, 
no military police were deployed in Mallor. Oh. I literally can't imagine why. Um, because they didn't care that much. <laughs> it's like, wait. Well, and because it was literally a bunch of white people advocating for white bullshit. Oh, sure. I was going to say maybe I was going to say because it's Nevada, but okay. Yeah, there's that too. Well, and this is Oregon. Yeah. Like we're in Oregon now. Oh, we're, we're, so, okay. yeah, we're, we're officially, oh! the story has moved. We're in Oregon. We're okay. in Mallor. Uh, but so for over a month from January 2nd to February 11th, the uh, federal buildings at the Mallor Wildlife Refuge were taken over. Staked out. A lot of horrible stuff happened, honestly. Um, I mean, it's all stuff that's, you know, it's it's not that big in the grand scheme of things, but there was a lot of damage done to local, uh, you know, local wildlife oh. and local land because they were chopping wood and hunting animals. And one of the worst things to me is that at that particular refuge, there were a, there was a big storage of native artifacts. Okay, and now you've got my attention. Now I'm mad. Yeah, and, and a lot of native artifacts were destroyed and desecrated, am, which to me is the worst thing. Like, that's the most horrid thing. Yeah, I don't know why I'm so personal with Native American history. Like, I just, I feel very strongly that, like... We, I think everybody should. It's I, it's It's heinous. I just, yeah, I think that... But yeah, so these white assholes with guns decided that because they didn't like Uncle mm, Sam sticking it to him, they were going to go destroy a bunch of native artifacts and land. And big mad. The good news, though, is that a lot of hilarity also ensued. So first of all, they got there and immediately remembered that they had forgotten to pack snacks. <laughs> Who? The Tell fed- me how the internet plays into this, Selena. So <laughs> the federal government? Or- no, 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 not the feds. Um, actually, the FBI tried many, many, many times to friendly negotiate. And I got some, I the Bundys just kept saying, we don't believe that the FBI is real. I got some fruit snacks. Well, so <laughs> literally, literally, they got to the Mallard Preserve, realized that they only brought a little of food, and decided to reach out to their followers online and be like, hey, here's the address. Please mail us snacks. And I'm sure that they got some actual snacks, and I'm sure that that was lovely. Uh-huh. Uh, they also got a lot of bullshit. My favorite things were... First of all, a bunch of people, myself included, paid to have dildos shipped to them. And at one point, Ryan Bundy made a, a tearful video being like, why would you, why would people mock us this way? By, do you think this is a joke? And then he held up a dildo. And I was like, yes, this is clearly a joke. This is hilarious. This is comedy. Uh, the, my other favorite thing is PETA said, sure, we'll send you uh, some some snacks and sent a bunch of vegan beef jerky. Ooh, that sounds great. Oh, I would totally eat that. That sounds great. But Um, that's not the thing that these super macho men wanted. They all ate each other's boots that day. They were fine. Exactly. (laughs) Uh, There was also a lot of like literatica written, making fun (laughs) of the Bundys and describing like, Oh, Oh, the cowboy slowly pulled down the iron jeans of, or the no. iron zipper of Bundy's jeans. Bundy walked over with a glean in his eye to his co-parlet. They looked at each other up and down against the sunlit moon. Bundy found himself stiff in regions that he was not comfortable mentioning in public. Like, this has nothing on my Harry Potter fan fiction. Like, damn. <laughs> did did any, no. you think any of those ended up there? <laughs> No, I love the internet. But yeah, so it was a it was a hilarious time. Many of many of us laughed. Bundy's I lip, laughed. Bundy's lip quivered. That's he. <laughs> no, you're. Do you read this literatica? Because I swear that's one of them. Oh no no no! I just have a nasty mind. But yeah, I, so a lot on. of 
weirdly erotic God damn it. cowboy ironic porn was written. Precisely that type of thing. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Alex is showing us abducted by love. A woman finds more than the imaginable aboard an alien ship. It was basically that for Catwoman. I'm yeah. sure the bunnies just ended up, they found more than they bargained for. But, <laughs> so this, this ultimately ended on February 11th when the Bundys had staged a secret, quote-unquote, secret meetup yeah. outside of town with other militiamen. Uh-huh. And let me be clear, during this time, a lot of militiamen showed up from other organizations, including many, many, many racists, including the Three Percenters of Idaho. So Hey, let's, let's not throw names around here like... Oh, the Three Percenters can die in a fire. They were actually behind the huge push in Idaho to prevent um, Syrian refugees from settle- settling we are in Idaho. Here to deliver facts, not opinions. It's a fact that they prevented Syrians from settling in Idaho. Oh, good. Then they can burn in hell. Indeed. <laughs> so- and there we go. But so ultimately, this ended on February 11th when they, uh, the Bundys and several other high ranking people in this movement went to a meeting that they thought was secret and they were taking a back road. But the FBI had learned of. Okay. And so the FBI basically did the maneuver where they just like darted out of the trees, blocked the road with their vehicles. Yikes. And <laughs> rather than being like reasonable people and surrendering, they decided to have an armed standoff. Good for them. And so several of them were injured. I believe three people were injured, including Ryan Bundy, the little brother of Ammon, and uh, one man, Lavoy Finnicum, who's an absolute character unto his own right, was actually killed after he personally opened uh-huh. fire on the FBI and refused to retreat. Uh-huh. Sad day. You gotta feel bad anytime somebody's killed. Like, it's always bad when somebody dies. Yeah. But Lavoy Finnicum did actually say... Finnicum. He would... Finnicum? He he said that he was Finnicum. Finnicum in this... Uh, I don't have the joke. But he, he did literally say that he would much rather die fighting the feds than be taken into federal custody. So he died doing what he loved, which was being a jackass to the feds. There you go. Better come in this ass. Um, but so that's when all this ended was on February 11th of 2016. By August of 2017, <laughs> a dozen people had pled guilty to some federal crimes. Good for them. And most of them are serving over a year in prison. Now, Ryan and Ammon Bundy, interestingly, they chose not to ple- plead guilty they pled innocent. They went to trial, and they were acquitted. I, you know, so these absolute criminals. Hold on, I actually watched a video about why you should never, ever, ever talk to the police, and I hope I stumble across it again. Just know that anything you can and say will be used against you in a court of law, but it will never yeah. be used for you. So if you ever have to talk to the police, friendly advice: never say anything ever, because even if it's fact. And there was a lawyer who presented mm-hmm. on this. I'm sure your dad knows this. Oh, my dad made it very clear for whatever reason I was apprehended by the by the law to just Never. let them know early on that I refused to talk to them without an attorney present. Without immunity. Yeah. That is the, that is the only circumstance we're talking to. I will st- I will speak to you with immunity. And this is like this is like straight. I'm not a lawyer. I but do ap- I do appreciate this legal take. Ryan and Ammon Bundy chose to talk to the police. No way. With their lawyers present. No way. And they oh. were acquitted. So these guys committed so Holy many shit. fucking crimes and That's so me. many of their friends are in prison right now. <laughs> like literally there are people who are at the Maller standoff that are in prison right now. And Ryan and Ammon Bundy, the people who organized this whole thing, went to trial and they were acquitted. It just, it's bonkers. It's bonkers. So they got the get out of jail free card because they have money basically. 
Or some, I mean, because they had a lot of public support, it was really difficult. I I believe that Ryan's actually ended in a mistrial, but yeah, it's, it's bonkers. Um, so I actually did a little bit of reading just to wrap this up. I did a little bit of reading on what Ammon Bundy is up to now because he was kind of the leader here. And interestingly, as of 2018, 2018, Ammon actually quit the militia movement entirely because he realized at the Mallory standoff that most of his most of the people who were showing up weren't just like, you know, wholesome anti-government nuts. They were racist anti-government nuts. And during the uh, election of Donald Trump, he saw that a lot of the people he had associated with were buying into like very warmongery, as he described it. He said warmonger attitudes. Right. And he really resented the amount that people were against um, the immigration of others into the United States. And yeah. he decided that he was going to cut ties with all that bullshit. Well, good for him then. Yeah. So I'll say that America's made and, on people coming here. You know, his whole thing this entire time that we've been talking was about uh, how he's against the BLM, the Bureau of Land Management. But not. Ironically. <laughs> yeah. Just a few days ago, he put out a statement saying that he supports the BLM. Black Lives Matter. Cool. So cool. Bureau of Land Management, according to Ammon, bad. BLM. Black Lives Matter. Yeah. Good. And he actually said that he completely supports the movement to defend the police and made it very. He's got a good head. He's he's interesting. It's I don't really know what to make of the man. Sounds like he's got he knows what's up to me. I mean, I I, I mean, you have to remember that you're the only information that we get about these people is the media version. And the media version is always going to have some kind of narrative to it, whether it be good, bad, who knows. There's always going to be a narrative when somebody else is right. This is how all of history is written, is through, is through somebody's perspective, somebody's lens. So if you take the information that you just provided, his current status, it sounds like he knows what he's talking about. But again, the heinous story that you just described is wildly outlandish. So again, you got away with what you know. Exactly. With what That's you why, don't. Yeah. I mean, when I was researching for this, I was just laughing to myself and Mitchell couldn't figure out why. And I just kept muttering, strange bedfellows, man. Like, it's, yeah. it's strange to be a bedfellow of Eamon Bundy in the fight to defund the police. Are we trying to pull a bamboozle on me? What is going on? I'm confused now. What is what is happening here? This is this is real information for a real event that actually happened? Yeah. Or is this actually that entire story. a trick, a tomfoolery? It's real. It's that, whole, that whole story that all started with a tortoise in 1989. And that was. Is all accurate. Your current events. Alex, do you have any questions? I feel like I've. <laughs> I bamboozled a little bit. Of no, 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 no. I, I, I understand the concept. I, I understand the events. Thank you for uh, also sh- chiming in and adding the bits about the internet folk and how the internet responds to it. I like. These, oh, it was these, so fun. I loved being on the internet at that time. I just I like getting these slices of like you know these this millennial Americana when people are sending dildos and funny shit to the fucking people that just forgot to pack some damn snacks. But at the same time, you know the uh, just I don't I don't want to endorse anyone or support anyone that's gonna just be about racism or the destruction of like you know native culture. I love animals more than people and i'm pretty sure you know if you you i remember when i mentioned to you that the topic was going to have to do with the maller wildlife preserve you were very concerned that somebody with bad animals literally because like i i rarely get angry about stuff but like i I don't like that shit we don't like that shit here you know what i mean but um, i don't i don't understand how these people are going to be such shitheads and then also you can just like pull this card like oh, okay oh i do support black lives matter and i do want to defund the police and it's like is fair this, take are they trying to like save face are they trying to look good for like me uh, this is confusing that's my only that's a really good that is exactly what free thinking is all about think for yourself alex good job yeah no i really respect that take because it's easy to say well hey he's turned a new leaf he supports black lives matter but you know it's 
Is it a less easy stunt? to? Yeah, and it's less. Well, see, I don't think it's a publicity stunt. I think that it's in line with because his entire thing was that the federal government and the police can't tell me what to do. Right. And so I think it makes sense to me that he's anti-tyranny. All right, all right. And he actually has a quote saying, like, yeah, I'm I'm afraid of tyranny and and I'm afraid of anarchy, but tyranny is the thing that's more scary and pressing. So I... I feel I feel where you're coming from, Alex. It's, <sighs> it's a weird about face, and it's not like you can just forgive the harms done. I normally have sad, 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 upset face during these segments sometimes, but now I just have confused, angry face. But, <laughs> but also, did I leave the oven on face? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I ordered pizza. <laughs> We're good to go on that. But what confuses me the most is just that you know, like, is that you know, are the people who represent the Bundys, and then you said the other family was the Hammonds. Yeah, the Hammonds, which were they were not again to. You know, keep the Hammonds' good name. They were not affiliated with the Bundys. Thank, thank you for reiterating, and um, I'm sorry for confusing the two groups. But I, um, I wanted to know. So, like, what the uh, do we do we know how the after how the, the sorry do we know how the wildlife preserve is doing though now? Any update? It's recovering. Okay. There, there was definitely damage done. Obviously, native artifacts that were damaged can't be got back. Sadly, which again, that's the thing I think is the most grievous. But the the nature trails are recovering. The areas that were forested were are recovering. So ultimately, it's. Maller is going to be okay. Good. Good for them. And I'm glad to see that Ammon Bundy, being what a figure he is, that he's cut ties with these racist organizations and has moved on to some better ideas. Celine, as always, an amazing, wild adventure of fact, no fiction, a complete correspondence of history. You're basically a history teacher at this point. It's amazing. These are things that you would never learn about in school. It's amazing. I'm so happy. Was, I learn new stuff every week. I was going to say, yeah, this, I've learned more from this podcast from you than I ever did in school because I actually want to listen to the person talking. So <laughs> that was amazing. But that does pretty much do it for us. This That was our uh, current event, Back to the Future topic. I don't know at this point. You're going to get both of those. But with that said, we're going to take... A quick five-minute break. We're going to meet you on the other side of the dark side of the moon. We're going to find you back here with my segment, the... Uh, what are you covering this week? The Nostalgia Trip. I love the name Nostalgia, nostalgia right? Nostalgia. nostalgia. You could just call me Nostalgia, like a French maiden that you found on the street. <laughs> nostalgia. Exactly. That's exactly what I am. I bring you memories from afar, distant but yet familiar feelings from a time that was once past. Things from your childhood, but things... Sneak peek. Give us a sneak peek. What are you covering this week? None of your business. Ooh, it's a secret. It's not a secret. Nostalgia. Uh, I'll secret. I'm, ex- <laughs> I'm excited to get film noir with our next bit. Let's see how things go when we turn back the time past nostalgia to the Jurassic age. We'll be right back with Nostalgia Trip. March and Mitch phone. Mitch phone. March and Mitch phone. If you pick up that phone, we're in the back cave getting drunk. We're not coming to save your cat out of the tree. Maybe if Alex and Mitch are in a good mood, we're not going to fight Batman either. No, no way. 
don't, I don't get out of bed for less than a hundred dollars. The March and Mitch phone is brought to you by T-Mobile. <laughs> yeah, seriously. <laughs> T-Mobile is now a proud provider and an operator in Oregon sponsored by Sprint. Viewer restrictions <laughs> advised. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Limited to eight lines per family. Here we go. So, uh, today's nostalgia trip is the uh, one and only. If you didn't catch the intro, the music, uh, if it's if you didn't recognize it, you were obviously too young to be listening to this podcast. So turn it off and find something else to watch. Yeah, ask your mom what you're going to listen to. Yeah, Jurassic Park, and this is the first time. So I watched it this morning from like 4 a.m. to like 5:30 uh, because we woke up early and I couldn't fall asleep, so I just put mm-hmm. it on. I'm still mad that you didn't wake me up to watch this with you you had your chance you had your chance i was dead to the world i literally did not know that mitchell watched jurassic park this morning they're sleeping they're sleeping i was like hey mitchell what are you covering tonight and he was like well i watched jurassic park this morning and i was like ah that's news to me i'm never not working i'm always I was there i'm always on it but i wasn't uh this is the first time the movie this is gonna blow your mind so i've seen the movie hundreds of times like just a shit ton growing up this is the first time i watched the movie and i must my, my adult brain either must be more like coherent or more more cognitive i don't know what it is this is the first time i watched the movie and the plot made sense i'm not kidding you this is the first time i watched the movie and understood why they were sent to the park and so that was the part that didn't make sense before i mean the movie basically was like there was jeff goldblum (laughs) and this other guy and they went to the park for some reason and then, okay, I see what you mean. And That's the, basically my recollection. Yeah, and of the all movie. of a sudden, dinosaurs start attacking because of shit. Things were, were were not going well. But this time, this morning, I understood everything. It was like being Neo in the Matrix. I was like, I see the code. I understood the plot, and it, it felt good. It, it, it honestly made the movie stand up even more to the test of time than I thought it was going to. Because I thought it was going to be like cool, a, you know, a nostalgia trip. I thought it was going to be cool, and then. Uh, so let me explain it in under three minutes as so far as above. So below, we are going to do the thing. Okay. Stop watching your timer. Bring the heat. How much pressure you got this. Give me the timer. All right. Three minutes Mm -hmm. starting and go now. So basically what happens is that there's this rich, insane man who owns this park. And this insane man has got uh, runs into the very first thing of the movie. The first thing in the movie is that somebody dies. That's an issue. That seems to be a big, big, big thing. And so mortality is a thing. Yeah. Mortality is a thing. So when he dies, the investors of the park, basically like Disneyland, uh, are like kind of concerned because they're like, yeah, we can't have people dying at your fucking park. <laughs> and so he's like, okay, cool. And so the investors basically send a lawyer. The lawyer's like, hey, listen, we need some experts to sign off on this thing. If we can sign off on this thing, the investors are going to give you the green light. So who do they send? Fucking Jeff Goldblum, the rock star, and the other fucking guy. Jeff who- Goldblum. Not Jeff Golden, the other guy who I don't know his name, but he's basically the level head one in the show. So basically that's what happens. So that's why they're sent to the park. So the rich, insane guy who's uh, has an Irish accent is just like, oh, everything is fine. This is my park. Ah. Uh, so basically he takes him to the park and everything's going fine. And then they, you know, the, uh, they're very interested. Def- Jeff Goldblum's very skeptical. And he raises some serious questions like, you know, uh, where there's a will, there's a way. When life has an opportunity, we'll find a way to find you that's basically a sentiment so that's the first part of the movie second part of the movie uh the fat guy who also plays in seinfeld whatever his name is he Mm -hmm. 
basically is a greedy motherfucker. And he, uh, this movie has created so many memes. The, hey, ah, this guy, this guy. Ah, see, nobody cares. Or, mm-hmm. you know, or the Jeff Goldblum memes. Like, there's so many memes from Jurassic Park making it relevant. Moving forward, so the guy, the fat guy, I can't remember his name, uh, Nettie or whatever, uh, basically sells out the cryogenicsness and he's trying to sell it to a different company. That is the main plot. So we've got the insurance guys trying to... Uh, Greenlight the park through Jeff Goldblum and his counterparts, the experts. They go through the the movie. The movie brings you through the park. The park initially gets shut down because of the fat guy. I really wish I knew his name. Uh, and so while he shuts down the park, bunch of shit happens. T Rex turns out half of the entire movie's budget went to the animatronic T Rex. Hmm. Yeah, fun fact. Also, there's a scene with the T Rex where it goes from the T Rex inclusion also to the edge of a cliff. Look it up. Steven Spielberg was doing this and said, "Oh." That's that's fine. Fuck it. Whatever. No big deal. Uh, so they run away from the Jurassic monsters in this movie. And then you find yourself at the end of the movie where the, everything is, they turn the power back on, they get the things back on. The entire movie goes from crazy, dramatic, uh, animatronic dinosaurs and, uh, CGI, which was really good at the time, all the way to the end of the movie with the Velociraptors, the T-Rex eat the Velociraptors <laughs> and you find yourself, uh, with the park turned back on everybody's alive the main characters are back on the plane and they're flying off away and just looking at these uh these birds flying off and the birds are a metaphor for current dinosaurs because they believe that the current dinosaurs are birds Mitchell Herring, everyone. Woo! Go, Mitch! 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 (laughs) 3M on the dot. Thank you. Thank you. That was fucking... I think the only word over the time limit was birds. Dramatic pause included. Dramatic pause included. So, you brought the heat, Mitchell. I am fucking proud of you, man. Thorough rendition. Yeah. I was was taking mental notes while I was watching it this morning. It was pretty intent. So, thank you. You got a fucking big one for Jurassic Park, dude. Fucking Also, as a, like a, as a debater, I have to give you chops because I noticed that when I was showing you the time, because I kept showing you the time so you know where you were at, you never missed a beat, which, like, that's one of my things as a debater that was the hardest to overcome was be, somebody being like, all right, you got 30 seconds left, and me being like, oh, shit, I forgot what I'm saying. I'm going to waste 10 seconds. <laughs> you were just like... Ah, interesting. Numbers. <laughs> the letters of la- of math. <laughs> so, now that we can get back into it a little bit more, uh, yeah, again, the plot being extremely more cohesive. It, the movie holds up as far as a character development piece, as well as a CGI piece, as well as an animatronic piece. Steven Spielberg, one of his earlier movies, Jurassic Park, also is super fucking meta. What? Nah, really? Think about it. Meta Park? No. No, think about it. Think about it. So the first movie, right? Metasaurus Rex. (laughs) (laughs) This is the first movie, right? They're not, you're not sure what's going to happen. It's the first movie of of what could be many, right? But it's very successful. Uh, It's based on the novel. It's based on the book Jurassic Park. So he's got. Yeah, Michael Crichton. I just want to say Michael Crichton is an excellent author. Michael Crichton. You can't go wrong reading Michael Crichton. In the movie, because it's a theme park, they have already in the movie Jurassic Park styled swag. There's T-shirts. There's water bottles. There's like toys like this movie before it was even out insisted that it was going to have. (laughs) merchandise for sale 
What a fucking power move. What a fucking Disney move. What who, a- who did this movie? Was it Disney? Who? <laughs> it was not Disney. It was really? straight. It was Steven Spielberg and and this this cast of people and branding. And also, just a fun fact, Steven Spielberg, uh, the people who were uh, funding the movie, super against the budget on the, the T-Rex. But like Steven Spielberg would not have it. Also, Steven Spielberg, no, it was James Cameron, I'm thinking. Never mind. Uh, X that. We'll talk about James Cameron next week. Okay. James Cameron before was a truck driver. Before, and he had ne- he didn't go to school or anything. He, he Xeroxed photocopies of film manuals. Mm-hmm. And then and his, just was like, ah, interesting. So this is how you make a film. Exactly. James cool. Cameron. Yeah, let's cover that. Not tonight, but let's definitely cover that. Yeah, but so Steven Spielberg, though, because, uh, you know, he, they're they're basically in the same league. There's James Cameron, Steven Spielberg, uh, and then, like, very few others. I do have a fun fact on the Tyrannosaurus Rex budget, because it was just an enormous automated fake Tyrannosaurus Rex. It was half the budget. Yeah, and uh, that makes sense because I one thing I read about Jurassic Park is in, when they were filming it because it was all animatronic. Yep. And animatronics in the 90s were a little unpredictable. <laughs> yep. There would be times where they would be filming a scene that did not involve the T-Rex. It would just be like off, like not even in the background <laughs> of the shot. It was just like in the room, always yeah. away. Yeah. And suddenly the T-Rex <laughs> would stir. <laughs> And everyone just fucking lost their shit. Yeah, just freaking out. As- yeah, like the robotics just were like. <laughs> yep. yep. The T-Rex yep, yep. just like sw- what the fuck? flipped its tail around a little bit and everybody it's died. Liter- the T-Rex is literally a 20 foot animatronic, fully functioning uh, a- android that is controlled by this complicated uh, RC remote controller for everything. And. Like Steven Spielberg just makes RC cars look like a joke. Yeah, he was so adamant about this being and 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 watching it at 2020. This movie was made in the 90s. Going back, he was not wrong. He nailed it. The animatronics in the for the T Rex scenes Ooh. are better than most CGI today. It makes it more. It's more realistic than you can imagine. Go back, watch Jurassic Park one. The first one, because they really swap from, you know, Spielberg's original uh, animatronic thing to uh, a heavy dependence on CGI yeah, in yeah. the second, third, fourth, fifth, all the ones to the one where they've got the guy from like George Lucas and Star yeah. Wars. Which yeah. is CGI, I feel like, often comes off uncanny. It's ter- like, it's not worth it. I think we- like Jurassic Park, I feel like the thing that really like made people like chilled to their bones imagining being in that situation was the fact that it did look like an actual physical thing moving because it literally was. Yeah, and even the CGI in that movie for that time frame was well done. Mm-hmm. So it's not bad. Again, the CGI is well placed. They did a really good job of uh putting of sprinkling in where they needed to, but like they've got the triceratops, it's like super sick and they go through the 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 droppings of the triceratops it's like mm-hmm. dying and shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and the and for that again, like that holds up versus bad CGI, which will never always, you know, because CGI is always getting better and getting better, blah, blah, blah. But it it never holds up. You but go anytime back. Anytime you have a physical thing, like if you watch the original, like non remastered Star Wars, yeah, like Jabba those, the, the scenes of spaceships were literally like miniature yeah. Millennium Falcons mm-hmm. in front of a spacey backdrop being like zoomed literally. around. And it looks way more realistic than the new. CGI stuff. Yeah, because the CGI will, over time, will, it, it just loses its value. Because, exactly, you can tell. So, yeah. 
uh, Spielberg, kudos to you. I'm not a huge Hollywood uh, blockbuster film movie buster, but this fucking movie held its test of time. You hired, they hired the right cast. Jeff Goldblum nails it the entire time. Uh, he is this. He's got that line that's like the like they got so concerned with what they could do. Yeah. Oh yeah. That they stopped to think about what they should do. Well, yeah. That plus he's also I mean, this Jurassic Park has <laughs> Jurassic Park has like three to five current in circulation memes right now. These are like god tier memes. Yeah. These are god tier mm-hmm. memes. Yeah. That that exist in today's world because a the number one the character development each person hired. Uh, played their character to the fullest. Number two, the character development and the uh, interactions don't overshadow the storyline. Like I mm-hmm. said, the movie was so... No one steals the show. The complicated storyline that I, as a child, again, like I said, this is the first time I ever watched this movie and the story plot made sense because I was paying enough attention to right, it. Right, like I remember as, as a kid watching this and being like, ah, dinos. Yeah, like I never knew why uh, ner- nerda, Nerdy, fuck, I cannot know his name, Nor- Norton, uh... Who what? are you talking about? What's, what's his name in Seinfeld? The fat guy who plays uh, the oh, mailman? Uh, oh, I was bad at TV. Oh, shit. Oh, man. Uh, in So his name, like, in real life, yeah. outside of Jurassic Park and Seinfeld, John Goodman? is Dennis Nedry. Oh, I, oh, Dennis oh, Nedry. Oh, that right. I don't, oh, in Seinfeld, he's known know. as Norman. Yeah. So Norman, and that's his probably most uh, recognizable role. So we're going to call him Norman. Because... This was before Seinfeld, but his character has a has a pivotal role into the whole down the downfall of the entire park, which for some reason as a child and the and the many times I watched it was overlooked. Like uh, the park, yeah. like he was the guy who turned you know who had the you know he had, he was the hacker and, and he had he was the, a little guy. Yeah, he's ah 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 didn't say the magic word like that was like and Samuel L. Jackson is in the fucking movie. Is he? He is. What? <laughs> Samuel L. Jackson's in every fucking movie ever. I prove me wrong. I'm just saying he's in everything. I don't fucking remember this. Johnny Depp. Like either him or Johnny Depp has to show up at some point. Samuel L. Jackson is in this fucking movie as as one of the coders, and and he's never in the scene without a cigarette. Samuel Jurassic Park. He's in, he dies. He dies. Oh shit! He, what? Yeah. Just like Hollywood to kill the black man at the start of the scary movie. Well, it wasn't at the start, but yeah, he definitely. Oh, okay. And they don't they don't glorify his death. He definitely just becomes dead, and you find uh, his hand hanging somewhere. Um, but yeah, he fucking dies in the movie. He's just in it, and he's he's a, just chain smoking cigarettes. Like, there's not a single scene in that in the where he's in that he doesn't have a cigarette in his mouth or lit. <laughs> um, but yeah, so the 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 Norman character again, he's the entire uh, the linchpin of this entire movie. In which why, um, which is why his death at the hands of the yeah dinosaurs is so satisfying. Yeah. Well, and then that's that's like, ah, what a way to go. That's the other meme. It's like, ah, nobody cares. See, nobody cares. That meme, that meme is from this movie and it's amazing. But so the, the longest, the, the, the longest bit for him though, is that, uh, the crazy, the crazy scientist who's running the park, the Irish Scottish, the Irish man, uh, is is not paying him enough, right? And so that that's the whole motivation is money, right? So he finds this other company who's looking to to steal their 
their technology of this dino DNA and, and these embryos. And, and so he is his, his whole motivation is to shut down the park, uh, the security system for, for a small window of time, collect the, the dino embryos and, and then, and then offload them to a dude who's like uh, waiting for him on a ship. And, and that's the whole, that's the whole bad guy part. And then the rest is just chaos ensued, which, you know, Je- Jeff Goldblum's chaos theory. Jeff Goldblum was so woke in this movie. Talking about chaos Jeff theory. Jeff always woke. Dude, he's talking about chaos theory in the 1990 film. Like, so he's like, Are, you're not familiar with nonlinear chaos theory. And there, and everybody else is just like, huh? Dun, 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 dun. Yeah. Just, like, oh my God, that's so embarrassing. I don't know about nonlinear chaos theory. Dude, it's. Dude, it's. Look at my. Dude, he and the entire and, and the entire <laughs> movie, he is just the the voice of reason, and everybody's just like, nah, whatever. He's like, he's like, oh, that's uncomfortably yeah. similar to right now. Any voice of reason, everybody's just like, nah. yeah. So yeah, this movie stands the test of time. I was I was thoroughly impressed, and I was actually more impressed by the story, the the writing, uh, into script version. Again, I haven't checked out the actual book for it, but I think. Um, they, I'm sure they did a really good job of, of condensing it into an hour and a half, two hour film. And, and I haven't read the, the Jurassic Park series by Michael Crichton, but I've read other Michael Crichton books. Yeah. And just based on the Michael Crichton I've read, I feel like the, this adaptation is pretty on brand. Hi, Alex. What are the other books about? Um, well, he's got a lot of really cool sci-fi books. I, I can I literally can't so recommend Michael Crichton enough. Okay. Uh, hey, okay. by the way, if you ever want to listen to a Michael Crichton book, check out audibletrial.com slash March and Mitch and oh, look up something oh by Michael fuck. Crichton. Stop. Go ahead and listen stop, to it for free. Stop. Both of you fucking not even close. Audibletrial.com forward slash March. Okay, well, I was close. You both were fucking leagues. Audibletrial.com forward slash March. Yeah, wow. Leagues leagues under the sea. Go there to listen to a book like Prey, which is by Michael Crichton and is one of my favorite Michael Crichton books. It's about uh, the invention of nanorobots that would be really cool for things like basically like super microscopic robots that can go into like, like say you need heart surgery. The idea is that they- would be self-directed and programmed to cohesively, like, as a group. These nanorobots would go into your heart and perform heart surgery. So it's conceptualized as, wow, what a great scientific advancement. And then shit hits the fan. However, it turns out that when you let robots be a group and a hive and have their own opinions about things, things can go south. I can't imagine how. Excellent book. Cannot recommend enough. Cool. Again, go ahead and listen to it on audibletrial.com forward slash Mitch. March. March. Jesus Christ. Michael Crichton says You were banned from ever <laughs> doing this again. But it was a good pitch. It was a great pitch, but you gotta land the, you gotta just, nail just the Just dub it in at the end. Be like, I'll be like, Don't listen to audibletrial.com forward bum, slash, bum, bum, and then you'll just yeah. be like, March. <laughs> Donde esta? Como Go se dice el, el uh, gato es loco pantalones of Arbutel das March. Season Vento. Wow, that was a lot of gibberish. That was, I'm not, I'm my Spanish is m- much worse than my sign language. Sorry, sorry. Bienvenidos de la podcast de March y Mitch y uh, CSAP. Zdrasvitie. Fuck me. God damn. Let's take a break. 
No, that's perfect. Anyways, we're going to come back. That was my segment, uh, The Nostalgia Trip, 20 minutes on Jurassic Park. Why it holds the test of time? It's a really good movie. I was Un, un película de memoria, como se dice Jurassic Park, <laughs> en un podcast. Gracias. We'll be back after this. Gracias. Miramos. Thank you. So the throwback from the 90s, we bring you the Jurassic period. That was my segment, but there are many segments to this podcast. We're a multicultural, multi-piece, multi-diverse uh, entity that moves forward uh, with, a, with a pretty similar format, you know, a, a, similar, a similar format, which is predictable. And last week, we avoided the last segment intentionally. We were not a fan, and we decided as a group, instead of dragging the beer of the week through the mud with with literal visceral hate and abs- we're just going to completely none of us were a fan completely omit it and and we're going to give them the free pass so there was no beer of the week it was i imagine some beer brewer listening to this and having such anxiety because his show his beer hasn't been mentioned on this step, show before step up your game bro if you haven't been mentioned by us yet then you might want to consider it's like oh shit was that me yeah step up your game ipas pilsners that's our game we love the dark we love the light we're not we're not color blind i would say but we definitely do not discriminate when it comes to a good beer right? we respect the differences yeah there's always there's always a bright side except unless you were the last one and we're we just we just did not but this week we have a winner we bring you back to a, a green can of whoop ass it's an ipa honk, honk. delightfully minimalistic in design it says ipa it has a very light imprint of a goose and then it says Goose Island Beer Marchuski, Company, which bring is the us beer the company that made this. Much like the Velociraptors in the Jurassic era, the raptors of your local <laughs> your local pond or river are going to be the goose, the geese, the ganders, and ghoulishly, they have arrived to haunt your taste buds. We've got the Goose Island IPA. This is one of my favorite freaking IPAs. And uh, shout out to freaking GoPuff, which is the greatest service ever. I love having the service where beer happens on my time. That's right, motherfucker. Seriously, I wish GoPuff would sponsor <laughs> us because I would absolutely sing their praises. One time I wanted to just order beer, but I had put cat food in my cart before that and I forgot to empty out my cart. And so I got beer and I also got cat food and then I didn't have to buy cat food for a month. Meow. There you go. That is what's up. I literally just got razors and like shaving cream and more beer. It was I need all those things right now. I'm so broke. And like <laughs> I got some cat food for you. Well, maybe not the cat food, but I definitely need razors. Hi, Buffy. Goose Island IPA is inspirational to me because much like where I put my effort and passion into my music, the people over uh, at the beer company behind Goose Island have really been about innovating, just having a refreshing taste that's hoppy. And I know we, we've we mentioned grapefruit on this show like a broken record, but they I feel like they do grapefruit right. They do <laughs> grapefruit right, but not like in a LaCroix way, but also not in a like, you know, like Jamba Juice, like, you know, kind of way. Yeah. Goose IPA has been very fun to me because after I would work shifts at a local restaurant in Las Vegas, we would go take our checks to a casino. <laughs> yeah. You know, because if you go to the casino and you cash your check, 
it's like doubling your check. Almost. It depends how lucky you get. But what it really is, is you get drink tickets. 400 on black. So it's like doubling your check. <laughs> <laughs> Who's ever put 400 on black and lost? Holy Raise their hand. shit balls. Mitchell Herring. Oh, oh, goodness gracious. But also, who has put uh, oh. 400 on red and one? Raise your hand. Oh my gorgeousness! I had a game. Are you problem. serious? This is this is non. Who has never been to a casino? Raise your hand. Good for you. You should just stay away. No, I've I've I've. Uh, did I ever tell you about the time where the I? Did I ever tell you about the time where I lost a thousand dollars? Ooh. And at blackjack, let me blow your mind. Lost a thousand dollars. Oh shit! And the same night, regained. That thousand dollars singular out of blackjack. I was playing one v one against the black uh, the blackjack uh, up until about four in the morning, and I won my thousand dollars back. And they say the house always and see, wins. That must Mother. have felt so fulfilling, but also like you broke even. I broke even. That's why gambling is bad. Hold well on, the story's not over. Oh no. Oh no. So I made the dealer a promise. I said, "Hey, if I make my money back, I'll give you a ten percent tip." So I made my money back. That was a thousand dollars I made back. I was down to my wait, last but then you gave him a ten percent tip. 10%. So you made. So I, hold on, let me finish. Let me finish. So I I made my th- I so I started with a thousand all the way down to a hundred. Took that hundred all the way back up to a thousand, and then I gave him a ten percent tip. So I gave him a hundred bucks. Said, "Hey, thanks, thanks for the win, man. I appreciate you for keeping me from being broke." Took a quick commercial break. Walked over to the gas station, bought a pack of cigarettes, and then that little goblin on my shoulder said, hey, you got your money back. Go get that 100 pack. And I did. And I went back to the casino. I said, hey, buddy, how you doing? I'm here to get that 100 back real quick. And I lost it all. <laughs> Come 6.30 a.m., I'm down another $1,000. And I yeah, went. you're not allowed to go to the casino until after we buy a house. I went home that night. When it runs up. Oh, shit. I've never had an experience like that. This is transcendental. Is this in Reno? Is this, is this Oregon Lottery? Where this the fuck a, was this? This is Spirit Mountain. Oh, Spirit Mountain. Fuck my ass. Spirit Sorry. Mountain, 6.30 a.m. <laughs> the sun is coming up and it's oh, the quietest, man, oh, the quietest car ride I've ever had. Just, Spirit Mountain. <laughs> that's just, where you waste your money. I've had so many good runs there and I've had so many bad runs. But shit. like that night was like the most emotional like being down to my last hundred, saying "fuck it," here hundred here. I'm, I'm betting a hundred and winning, and getting my getting two hundred, and like oh. "fuck it," I'm gonna bet another hundred and putting it down and winning again, and being like "fuck yeah, I can do this," and making my money back, and then getting greedy. That's where I fuck it. That's where I fucked up. I got greedy. I, I promised him that ten percent tip. I should have just took it and just said I played. I had a good time. I tipped him ten percent, like I said I would. Tip my hat to you. Good day, sir. But I did not. I went back for the. I went back for that greed. I went back for that ten percent. You that felt I, hot. I didn't feel that's, hot. I was just the gambling drug. I just. I just thought that I could make that hundred back real quick. I understand this because I went through a gambling problem when I was in the sixth grade and I was playing Neopets. <laughs> oh, 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 oh! Shit. I kept telling myself that I buy omelets for my my Neopets. Yeah, and then I spent. Every last neo dime. 
on the slots at the gambling island. I think we're slightly on different scales here, but I appreciate you trying to I'm just saying that my Neopets all starved. Not to death, (laughs) because they can't. I assume that they're still there languishing. (laughs) And you do have to... Break a few eggs to make an omelet sometimes. You got to spend the stack to make the, make the I stack. I mean, I oh. practice countless hours on counting cards. Like, I literally invested. Bullshit. What? I invested. I had a. So every month I find out more cool shit about Mitchell that. Oh, oh I was. <laughs> Imagine being engaged to him and finding out cool shit every month. This I week. Was, Try every week. I was dead set on being a professional blackjack player. Just like and, the movie. Oh, dude. I could count a deck of cards at 0.5 speed uh, accurately. So basically there there are apps for counting Holy cards. Shit. And so they flash at you at one card per half second. So the entire deck flashes at you in under 30 seconds. And it's just like king, king, it's like, King, queen, face, uh, six, seven, eight, nine, five, six, seven, eight, nine, five, six, seven, eight, nine, king, queen, queen. Uh, and and the, the goal is to keep an accurate count. And um, on my way to the casino, I would have it like on my dashboard and I'd have it at 0.5 speed and I would let Whoa. it just rip through the deck and I would I would accurately keep count of the deck. Um, Damn, son. I yeah I I was going super hard so like when I was that's really hardcore and impressive. I have to say I wish you weren't saying this on air because why not go get a bunch of money at the casino doing that and pay for a down payment on the house? But now you've said your secret. No, well, so the problem is, and and anybody who counts cards knows this is so the single deck counting uh, method is basically just like uh, like training wells. Counting a single deck doesn't mean jack shit. Uh, casinos have at least six decks uh, at any given time, and they have you cut the deck when they shuffle it. Mm-hmm. They have a specific way that they shuffle it, and they also have a specific way that they cut the deck. So they always cut about one to two decks out of it. So when they cut the deck and they, you know, and they put the card in, you're li- you're losing out of the six decks about one or two decks of cards. So it makes the count fucked. So the unless you have a more dedicated count system, the counting cards is really hard. So I had the basic plus one, zero, plus minus one system, which is like the most common way. There, there are other more accurate ways. Yes, but, numbers, the language of math. Right. And, and, and I got to understand. Okay, and I'm the, are you sure? Are we sure that you're not the host from Las Vegas right now, dude? More importantly, how, how many Goose Island IPAs did you have during this excursion? Which is which is our brewski of the week? Um, no, <laughs> yeah, we have got a little off track in the brewski of the week. Sorry, no, 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 it's okay. No, I like your share though. No, let me tell I you. I want to hear more now. You want to know where I learned this from? Yeah, it yeah. was from the uh, deaf girl that I was dating. The deaf girl I was dating at the time taught me how to count. Oh, cards. she would have some secret tricks. And she would, and she, uh, and also one. She, she had she had uh, three very specific rules. Uh, rule number one: never drink while while going to the casino. Super important rule. Number two, never lose three hands while at the table and stay at the table because here's why. If you stay at the table and uh, the third rule was if the table ever uh, changes dealers, that's called, uh, what do they call that? When th- That's called calling in the ringer. So when the table oh, realizes- it's a pinch that, hitter in baseball. So when the table realizes somebody's hot or they know what they're doing, what they do is, so you got somebody who's like super old or whatever, <laughs> dealing out the cards. Okay. They will put that person on break. They will bring in another person. And you know what happens when they change dealers? They have to bury the card. They have to bury one card out of the deck. So if you're winning, oh. 
Basically, mm. when a person, when they swap, ah, go to break. And, you know, you, you have Karen, who's 95 years old, going, a one, a two, three. <laughs> right. And then you have Chet come up, be like, and a one, and a two, and a three, and a four, and a five, and an auction type sales. Egg fucking Zachly. <laughs> so they bring in the ringer if somebody's winning hot, basically. They bring in the ringer. They burn the card. And when they burn the card, when they get there, Guess what happens? Throws off the entire flipping of the cards. Throws Bas- off your rhythm. Throws everybody one slot down, and it basically almost always guarantees that the house, when they burn ah. the card, the house is going to have the Because event. everybody who's been keeping track. That's yep. like an ace in the hole. It's like the escape rope in Pokemon. Yep. It's like Precisely. a pinch hitter in yes. baseball. Oh so, yes. So, you got somebody who's winning time after time after time after time, and then they burn a card fucks up the whole rhythm then all of a sudden everybody on the opposite side of the table is losing and the dealer seems to be winning again so street smarts you just got to throw them off the rhythm so some so you ever get we had so this is fucked so when me and my buddy used to for my old show we used to go we had there were dealers we had nicknames or we had a dealer called majin boo <laughs> i kid you fucking not dude we show up oh and, so this was the episode of avatar that you were in <laughs> not avatar but dragon ball z oh okay but majin boo is basically like the most evil villain ever to hit this anime show and so we'd go to his fuck, theme song was pretty fucking dude sick. if we ever went to the casino and we saw majin boo because majin boo took hundreds of dollars from both of us one night majin boo was the ringer why was that his nickname though because <laughs> she was a chunky gal <laughs> Very pink in the face, and she was oh, very. Was this a self-chosen nickname, or was we, this just we, a thing? We gave her the nickname oh. because she looked like the character. Reminiscent from the show. of the character. Yeah, from, yeah so from, she okay. she was. <laughs> she had round pink cheeks, and she was very mean. And she was very mean. She took so much money without any remorse. Like she a dealer. Or? She they, was a dealer. Yeah. Okay. But so, what, but did they drink Goose Island IPA though? Ah, uh, sorry. No, I don't. I don't think Goose Island IPA was a part of the story. I'm sorry. I've hijacked this. No, 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 no. I like it. I like you. You, you stole my football and ran with it. <laughs> just intercepted. Touchdown. But at some point, I got to go back on defense, buddy. That's just. Oh my gosh. Anyway, Alex has to score a three pointer after that <laughs> touchdown. That's Mitchell. I love you so much, by the way. <laughs> Thank you. You think you think you were from fucking Vegas? Let's go to the casino sometime. But anyway, <laughs> I would be so down. And and much like you think the house would always win, this 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 beer definitely it always does win for me because I know at the end of the day you're gonna get the same consistent taste. I I can't I can't count a deck of cards. I can't count a deck of cards. I probably can't count calories in a day like I used to. This is um, a good beer. I really liked this beer. Agreed. Uh, no, when this, I first opened it and took a sip, I was like, I want to pour this in a champagne glass. It's yes. so bubbly and refreshing. I am about this beer. It does grapefruit right. And it does, for me, it does IPA right. Like most of us know, I'm a punk rock, you know, just I want to drink that Milwaukee's, get that PBR. I want to take that rolling rock and then literally just like beat my face with it, wake <laughs> up next to it, like, what the fuck? <laughs> Who's this bitch? And yeah. Just like, oh my gosh, it's literally just, uh, just shoveling all this cheap beer. Then I hang out with CSP and Mitchell and I realize, like, wait, you can enjoy beer. You can have refined taste. Yeah, this is a classy Las Vegas gal right here. Yeesh. Got like, long legs. This is like a high end escort. Yeah. This isn't just your, it's got your average. Nice, nice high heels, a fancy dress. Yeah, you're expected to go to dinner first before you take him back to the hotel room. And I want to be clear that we're not disparaging any type of sex worker here. Oh no, we we definitely support that. I think that's uh, if I was sexy and attractive and young, I would I would be doing it myself. But I'm not. I'm old and I'm I'm balding, and (laughs) no one's gonna pay for my time. That is fiction. (laughs) I would. 
Oh, you, you. I don't yeah. have that much money. No, I was going to say, you're poor, so. <laughs> Can I pay you in jewel pods and a drag off my cigarette? Let's talk about the jewel pod, the jewel pod graveyard you have in your car. Let's not. Okay. Jeez. Anyways, that's the beer of the week. Goose Island Beer Company swinging in at how many Marchewskis? I'm going to give this week's Marchewskis Brewski 21 <laughs> out of 21 <laughs> cards. This is a this is the blackjack of IPAs. It's a blackjack of IPAs. It is the blackjack of IPAs for myself. It's the twenty one of twenty one. I saw I like it coming it. from a mile away. I'm you, glad you did it. Oh, it's twenty one out of twenty one. Fuck me, I've lost so much money. The casino. <laughs> so much money. The casino may be fun and enticing. <laughs> But at the end of the day, the March and Mitch show featuring CSP encourages you to drink responsibly. <laughs> and also, Gamble sometimes rest. the fun runs out. <laughs> and, and when yeah, it rains, get, it fucking pours, baby. Uh, rule get number, an Uber. Rule number four. And rule if you feel four. like you're losing, go ahead and go home. Rule number four, have a limit. So everything prior, rule, there's so yes, many rules. Rule yes. number four, have a limit. Once you reach your limit, leave. Just call it good. $400 and you're out, bro. I wish I could approximate that better with beers, Demon. <laughs> I can't believe you had four hundred to a thousand dollars just throw around. I used to have hell what of, kind of bougie shit. Never have I ever blown that much. A damn dude. Hey man, fucking Mitch party's hard. T Mobile used to pay me when it was individual bonuses. T Mobile pay I was so good at my job. This week sponsored by T Mobile. They Sorry. paid for Mitchell to gamble a bunch. Dude, I had so much ex like I had so Rules much. And restrictions ex- apply. I was lines so available good. starting at twenty one ninety nine per minute. <laughs> Tax refund rebate available. Individual bonus <laughs> was like insane. I I used to I was so good at my job. That's a big dick bonus. Dude, yeah, like twelve hundred dollars every month extra money to go blow at the casino. <laughs> Fucked up, dude. Uh, life is what you make it. Fuck with it. I don't want to. We should wrap this up, guys. Okay. All right. It was a good. It was segment. a good time. You got to know me a little bit deeper. You, you got to learn that not only do I know how to count I cards, I also know how to lose a shit ton of money and, <laughs> and laugh about it later. This has been the March and Mitch Show. This goose is flying off for the night. Check it out, guys. Listen to audibletrial.com forward slash March. Check out iHeartRadio. Check us out on Google Podcasts and Spotify. And our, don't forget to send Amon Bundy a dildo whenever you get the chance. Our artists. I appreciate week. you guys listening. Fuck yeah. Please do that. Listen, listen, listen to what they just said. Don't forget, featuring Celine Sanispond. Or, as my best friend's autocorrect apparently says, Celine Sadness Pond. Also correct. Sadness Pond. Dun, dun. Dun, dun. So long and good night. <laughs>